Hey guys, you're listening to Totally Stoked Podcast with Amelia Travis, yoga teacher and wild child turned multi-six-figure business coach, writer, speaker, and spiritual warrior. Totally Stoked is an experiment in radical honesty. On this show, there's only two rules, show up and tell the truth. Each week, we share uncensored, truth-telling, shame-busting conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and modern-day mystics revealing their rise to thrive stories, current challenges, and sharing their most powerful tools for awakening, growth, and well-being. This is your place to let down your guard, open your heart, and remember that being human is a crazy, wild ride, but you don't have to do it alone. So buckle up, baby, because we're heading full speed ahead to radical self-love and a totally stoked life. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. I am, as usual, totally freaking stoked that you guys are here and so stoked to share with you an incredible guest today. This woman is a disruptor of hustle culture. She is an ex-Hollywood career gal who left the biz to run her own yoga, wellness, meditation business, a holistic wellness community for female creatives that is called I Am Well. And Sophia educates women on how to heal from anxiety and burnout while building a foundation of health through mentorship events and retreats. She's a very, very special person, so dear to me that when she invited me to travel halfway around the world with her to Morocco to create an incredibly powerful healing event for women. I jumped at the opportunity. Sophia Bahoush, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited that we connected with each other along this journey. You've been an amazing mentor to me and I'm just really excited for what we're going to get to create in Morocco and just in our communities here in California as well. Hell yeah, man. All right. So you believe that people don't have to sacrifice health to make an impact in the world. And you, you came into this role, a disruptor of hustle culture. It's one of my favorite like branding descriptions I've ever read um, of someone in, in wellness. And I think we need to hear how you got there because like the LA scene and if you guys don't know LA if you live somewhere else in the country LA is its own freaking animal man it is a place where um hustle culture I think probably finds its roots NYC would disagree New York would be like fuck you you guys are wrong (laughs) like we own it LA is so laid back compared to New York but it's it's its own thing right it's addicted to not just um the work drive, but like work hard, play hard, socialize hard, influence hard, be somebody, right? Like LA really plays up the like, who are you? Are you important? And that really, I think, pushes people to, um, to burn out and to make themselves unwell in the pursuit of an unrealistic ideal. And that's kind of your story. So will you share with us a little bit about your background and how you came into uh, the wellness field? Yeah, so I moved to LA five years ago, and my big dream or goal at the time was to make it in the TV and entertainment industry. I still wanted to do something that had some sort of impact because I've always been someone who's been very driven to like support other people and make a difference. 
So my dream was like to one day win like an Academy and an Oscar for some like groundbreaking documentary film. But I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to do this is to like start at the bottom and work my way up in the entertainment industry. So at like 22, I packed my car. I grew up in the Bay Area in Northern California and moved down to LA with like no job and no roommates in sight. And just kept on. Everyone moves to LA, isn't it? We're just like a bunch of randos, like, we'll make it here. (laughs) So you moved on down. Yeah, moved on down. um, And yeah, just through like random connections and happenstance, I was able to get my foot in the door working as a production assistant on a digital production company and started establishing a career in the TV industry. And it was really cool to be in this world where you're surrounded by really interesting people from like writers to producers to creatives. Everyone has just like very interesting and dynamic personalities and a lot of big personalities as people hear about. But I felt this pressure that I like had to dedicate my whole life to my career being in the film industry. You were working like 12 to 14, even 16 hour days. And you were there bright and early in the morning. You were there at night. Your coworkers were kind of your family because you spent all day together. And as I started to invest all this time and energy into my career and started looking up at the people that were higher up, who I wanted to be essentially, um, I just felt like maybe I didn't actually want the life they were living, which was they were living this really cool life where they had nice houses and nice things and had this like political power in Hollywood to create things they really wanted. But a lot of them had sacrificed personal relationships or having a social life or a family or taking care of their health and well-being to get to this place. And I was like, I don't know if I want to dedicate the next 10 or 20 years of my life to get to this place where I have a really fancy title and I have clout in this city, but I'm not as fulfilled personally and um, health-wise. And it was just a kind of wake-up call moment for me. You were pretty young to have that realization, right? How old were you when you made that shift? I think I was probably... 23 or 24 at the time and that was around the time too where I started experiencing a lot of health issues. Um, I had my first anxiety attack at work which was really scary as like a 23 year old to be just like sitting at my desk doing things and then all of a sudden feeling like I couldn't breathe or like I was going to have a heart attack and so it was just like an abrupt wake-up call to the way I was treating my body and living my life wasn't really sustainable. I was eating all the meals at my desk, like taking calls and answering emails while trying to like shovel food down. So of course I had like a bunch of digestive issues and I was working some of these jobs in like more corporate office buildings where I wasn't getting any sunlight. So I was like completely vitamin D deficient. And I was just feeling like constantly exhausted and burnt out and everyone just kind of like acknowledged and accepted that they felt super tired all the time. But to me, I was like, this isn't normal. Like we shouldn't be feeling super exhausted and having to rely on drinking coffee 
for like 12 hours a day just to like muster enough energy to get up the next day. And so I think it, experiencing that myself and like going through all these health issues and going to doctors and being in and out doing blood work and showing up to work with like hospital bracelets. And I was just like, this is really weird and feels wrong as like a 24 year old to be dealing with all these health issues when, you know, when you're in that age, that's supposed to be like your prime, you're supposed to be full of energy and light and excitement. And I was just feeling completely drained by giving everything I had to work and having no personal boundaries. So yeah, so so it wasn't just you looking and realizing, oh, that's not what I want my life to look like. It was, that was, that was exacerbated by the fact that you were really sick. Like you were not well, <laughs> like what were you doing in the hot? Like you said, you were getting blood work. Like you had to go to the hospital. Like what, for anyone who's listening right now, who's currently in this state of, yeah, you know, Sophia, I work 12 or 16 hours a day. That sounds normal to me. Like, yeah, I drink 64 ounces of coffee a day. Is there something wrong with that? Like, what are the things that were actually happening to you physically that were your warning signs? Yeah, I think that's a great question. A lot of it was just things that started off as being subtle and then grew worse over time. So I would like get home, go to bed right after work and like try to get eight or nine or even 10 hours of sleep. And I would still wake up the next morning feeling completely exhausted. Like I would have to like drag myself out of bed and then I would like chug coffee. And then by like two or 3 PM, I would literally be falling asleep at my desk. Like my eyes would be crossing. I'd be like, somebody give me another shot of espresso. Like I need to stay up for another six hours. So it was just like, this feeling of constant exhaustion, not like, oh, I went out this weekend and I feel like tired, but like I could literally keep, couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, and it became an issue, especially when as an assistant, a lot of the work you're doing is like driving across the city in LA. So I would be like in traffic doing a work errand, like trying not to fall asleep. And I felt like it was not only dangerous to my own health and well-being, but it was just hard to really be productive and show up my best at work when I was feeling like I had no energy um, at all to give, even when I was getting enough sleep, even when I was starting to like dabble in supplements and trying to eat healthier, but it felt like there was like some thing fundamentally wrong that was affecting my body that even though on the outside I looked perfectly healthy and happy and like ate salads for lunch but my body felt like it wasn't really working properly and I couldn't like even digest a simple meal I was like bloated all the time I'm just laughing because it's like it's just like hilarious that in our culture we would think like sure, like it's fine to work 16 hours a day and drink copious amounts of espresso and like not have any quality rest or sunshine as long as I eat lettuce for lunch. (laughs) It's like, sorry, but that's not going to do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you're relying on your supplements and your kale smoothie to like create wellness in your life, like you're fucked, man. Love you guys, but it's not going to work. Um, okay. So it wasn't necessarily a diagnosis like adrenal fatigue or anxiety disorder, or did, did you receive it ever receive 
like a Western medicine, like confirmation, or were they just kind of like, I don't know, like you're just whatever. And you had to take it upon yourself to heal. For the most part, everyone was like, eh, it seems like you're kind of stressed, but everything was like very inconclusive. One of my doctors was like, well, you know, if you're feeling anxious all the time, do you want some like antidepressant medication to take the edge off? And I was like, oh, not really. Like, I don't think that's the path I want to go because I'm not even sure like what I'm dealing with or why I'm feeling this. And um, yeah, I went through a lot of like testing and stuff too, to see if I had any stomach issues because I have like IBS and a lot of things in my family's history but all the tests were just like inconclusive. And so it was really frustrating for me to like spend all this time going to the doctors, getting pricked. I like hate needles. And then everyone was like, well, we don't really know what's wrong with you. And so that's what sort of sparked my own interest in doing research into holistic wellness. And I started up looking, you know, what's adrenal fatigue? What are all these issues that people were just starting to talk about? I think like four or five years ago, that most people weren't getting diagnosed from a Western doctor, but they were seeing holistic practitioners or um, Ayurvedic practitioners. And at the time I was like, I don't have the money to go see a holistic practitioner and like pay all this money out of my own pocket because most mm -hmm. insurances don't cover that. So I just kind of took it upon myself on my own time or even at work. I was just like constantly Googling things and trying to figure out for myself, what other people who had been dealing with these issues of feeling dizzy and faint or feeling like they had no energy or not being able to digest meals, like what they were doing and what information they had received from seeing holistic doctors. So what ended up being your, was there a straw that broke the camel's back? Like, the, was there an incident where you were just like, I can't do this anymore? something has to change in my life, I'm out. I think it was really just a culmination of those moments of having the anxiety attack at work, uh, having all the doctor's appointments, where I finally decided like I need to give myself a break and I need to give myself some time to figure out what I want to do because what I'm doing right now isn't working. And the timing of things just kind of lined up that one summer after working like straight with a couple of vacation days here and there for holidays, but like working for two or three years with like no extended vacation, there was like a lull in between shows. And I was like, okay, this is my sign. This is time I have to just take off and travel and try to connect back to myself and figure out what is going on and so I think it was a combination of like the right timing but also me just like getting tired of always complaining to friends that I was exhausted or always feeling like I never had time to have my own social life or you know trying to build my own passion project and help a friend with a nonprofit and like work full-time it just felt like it was all sort of crashing down because it was too much to be doing at once. So when you took that time away, what did you do? So I actually went on my first wellness retreat during that time, and it was such an impulse thing. Um, I had just started getting into yoga at the time because when I first moved down to LA, of course, like everyone was touting yoga and I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, whatever, like I don't need to sit down for 60 minutes and like 
breathe. I don't have time for that. <laughs> it's like too busy hustling in Hollywood. And um, once I'd started experiencing that level of anxiety and burnout, I finally decided to give yoga a try and I really fell in love with it. So I was starting to listen to podcasts about wellness and I heard about this wellness and volunteer retreat that was happening in Mexico where there was a couple days of volunteering with kids, which is something I really enjoy doing. And then there was like a yoga component. And I think it was like a week or two before the retreat, I decided to sign up. I'd never been to Mexico. I'd never really traveled by myself, but I was just like, this sounds awesome. I'm going to do it. And it ended up being one of those pivotal moments that I think shifted not only my career, but like what I wanted to do in the world. Um, we were just like in a beautiful place in the mountains in Mexico. And I remember getting up at sunrise to do yoga and like having this moment where I was in wheel pose, feeling like super expansive and super calm. And I was like, I need more of this in my life. Like I want to bring this feeling not only to myself, but to others in the world and show people that it is possible to feel the sense of lightness and calm and fulfillment outside of the craziness and busyness of day-to-day -day life. So when you finally decided to make a shift and leave Hollywood and launch I Am Well, what was that process like? Because becoming, making the courageous decision to choose the entrepreneurial path is something that a lot of people who are in a corporate job want to do, but they're terrified. So how'd you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. And I wish people asked that question more because I feel like when I was working TV, I was listening to all these like entrepreneurial podcasts and people always had a similar story of like, I just quit my job and I went for it. And now I'm like super successful. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to do the same. It's just going to like <laughs> magically my business will like grow overnight and it'll all be fine but it was honestly such a journey of like steps forward back um because when I came back from this yoga trip I actually ended up going back to production for a while because I was like okay I can't just quit my job and like teach yoga I don't have a teaching credential I don't have like a backup plan so I went back to production, started saving money, started applying to yoga teacher trainings. And I had heard of a friend who went through a training in Bali and she really loved it. And I was like, that sounds like a really cool, magical place. So I found this program that I really loved. And I was like, okay, if I apply and I get in, this is my signing to do it. And so when I got accepted, I gave my notice to my job. I plan to quit and then pursue yoga after getting my credentials. So I spent a month in Bali, which was like a beautiful transformational experience. And I came back to LA and at the time I was running a passion project slash side hustle that was selling Moroccan leather goods and accessories um, that I'd started during my time in production when I was like feeling that unfulfillment. Um, and was probably what also led to the burnout because there's only so many things you can <laughs> yeah. do when you're already working like crazy work hours. But I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, start my Etsy shop and like do all these art fairs and just teach yoga. And what I quickly realized is not only is LA very saturated when it comes to yoga instructors, 
but most studios and places want people um, and rightly so with experience. And so I had to just start off teaching community classes where it was donation based and just wherever I could get my foot in the door teaching opportunities, whether they were paid or not. And, you know, doing my side hustle, like trying to grow my um, business, creating these products and working with these artists and trying to support all these causes and started taking on side jobs as barista and as a freelance writer and was feeling a little lost and frustrated because I knew I was passionate about wellness. I knew I loved bringing wellness to others, but I wanted to do more than just teach a couple of yoga classes a week. And I wanted to really delve into how to be well, not only by practicing yoga or doing a meditation, but how we can actually heal when we come together collectively in community and we're vulnerable about our struggles and we can support one another and hold space for one another on our journeys of healing. And so that's kind of where the idea for I Am Well community came um, because during this time of doing all these different side jobs and hustles, it felt kind of isolating. And I was like, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. And finding and connecting with other female entrepreneurs in LA was so pivotal and having that support and having that guidance and people around me who are a little further along, who could share with me their journeys, who could give me advice, who were like, it's okay to have a side job that doesn't make you any less of an entrepreneur. And so I just really wanted to continue along that journey of creating community and supporting people with well-being, um, specifically women, because I feel like a lot of us, it can be so easy to put our own well-being on the back burner and just give and be there for others. And then we end up suffering when we're burnt out, when we're exhausted, and we don't know how to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So much there that I want to unpack. And, and the first, and I think this is super, super important, is that I don't know anyone who has made it, and I'm putting that in air quotes as an entrepreneur, without help, right? So first, I mean, like financial help, like not just the help of finding a community and all of that, but like real talk, you guys, there's no way I would have been able to be where I am in business if I had not been married to someone who could pay the bills real talk for three years so like when you're looking at people who are super successful in business if you talk to them i guarantee you that they either kept a full-time job as they built their business as a side hustle they did the bartending barista freelancing you know making money in other ways while they built their business or they, they borrowed money. They took a business loan. And, and I think that one of the things that I see a lot, and you probably see this a lot too, is that in that isolation, we create these stories where other people are doing it better. Other people have it figured out. Other people, there's some secret way that we don't know. Right. And like, they're yeah. just magically like popping onto the scene and successful in business. And the reality is like, that is bullshit. Like it does not work that way. <laughs> and someone should tell people that it doesn't work that way because, um, we all want it to, and we spend thousands of dollars on 
you know, courses and coaching, and I'm including myself in that. And, and you know, that's the industry that, that we're in as well. Um, and I'm not criticizing that, but I think that when it comes with the expectation that like, I'm going to launch my business and in six months, I'm going to be, I'm going to be paying myself. We really need to change that expectation because it makes people feel like they're failing when they're not failing. Like you need, you need help during the first couple of years. So did you have help like from your parents or from, were you just like, did you get, have to get roommates or like, how did you make it work financially? Yeah, it was a combination of all those things. I'm really lucky that my parents were really supportive. And so they helped me out so that I didn't have to worry about basic necessities. And then I was able to live with my sister, which really helped. And I had some savings from production because when I was working, I had like no time to go do anything else besides work. So I had all this money saved up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just having people who could mentor me, whether it was working with coaches. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur himself, so he was very supportive and like helped and invested in my business. But yeah, there was so much behind the scenes along with like working part-time jobs and freelancing and mm-hmm. taking full-time jobs at points that went into it and, you know, People can look at it, like you said, from the outside and be like, oh, you're just so successful and it happened overnight. But I try to always be transparent as I can with my journey um, because it can feel frustrating when you see other people's highlight reels or you see them in their prime and then compare yourself when you're at the beginning of your journey. And I feel like what makes entrepreneurs successful is this sense of resiliency And knowing like, even if you have to go back and take a full-time job or stay in your full-time job for a while longer while building your business, that you're committed to this greater purpose or vision of what you're trying to create, that no obstacle that gets put in the way can take that title away from you or can take that sense of like wanting to create out there in the world from you. Um, Because, you know, even if you have to take a break from it or put it on the back burner, you're going to keep on working um, to make that vision a reality. And I think too, one of the things that I heard in your story that is really important for entrepreneurs is to know that your entrepreneurial journey will evolve and there will be parts of it that you, that aren't forever. Right. So like the V or the um, Moroccan leather goods, passion project slash business that you were carrying through your time in production. Like now that you're doing, I am well, that business is still there, but it's you're you've kind of realized like, oh, that's not what's going to necessarily bring me great joy and satisfaction and create impact in the world. Yes, it supports artisans in, in a developing area, but like it's not necessarily my my heart. And so it's okay to let it go. Like it doesn't mean that you're failing if you're like this aspect of my business, I'm gonna let it go. Right. Like I <clears throat> a couple years ago decided that I really, really, really loved this natural deodorant. (laughs) It was like the greatest natural deodorant I'd ever tried. It actually worked. And I was like, I'm going to wholesale this natural deodorant and I'm going to get it into Whole Foods and I'm going to like fill it up on Amazon and like, and like, never mind that it's not even my product. Like I didn't make it, but I was just like, I'm going to help this woman like get distribution, like on a big level. And so for two and a half years, 
like we did that we got it on amazon we got it in some some other places and um but at the end of each year when i look at the financials i'm like okay so the deodorant made drum roll please thirteen hundred dollars for the whole year and it's like there finally came a point this year where i was like why the fuck am i selling deodorant you know what i mean like this is not part of the bigger vision. So I think for you guys like listening, I just want you to hear like, give yourself permission and know that, you know, the revenue streams of your business will change. The branding of your business might change. It all should change because you're going to change. And if you're really following your intuition and you're following, um, you're following your passion, it's not going to just be, it's not linear. It's not A to B. It's not like you start here on the entrepreneurial highway and you just go straight shot to like gold city. You know what I mean? It's like a weird thing, but um, I just think that's, that's so important for people to know. So the other thing you said, Sophia, that I think I want to talk about a little bit is you were taking on so much, right? And you and I have been working together for the last couple months. And this is something that we both do like, and it's present tense. Like I'm still doing it. You guys confession. like we, we take on so much. We take on more than is reasonable, right? Between creating, you know, a full docket of events in our own business between having other, uh, revenue streams like coaching or courses or mentorship or what have you, uh, between volunteer work and then our even our self-care practices become something that we put on a to-do list and we're like, okay, like on my intentions for the month, you know, it's like work out X number of times a week, have sex three times a week. Like I got to put that on my fucking to-do list, you guys. Like, so why, why do we take on so much and what are we trying to prove or to earn? What do you think? I think it's a combination of things because I think also as someone who's multi-passionate, it's hard not to try to want to do everything and do it at the same time. But I think part of it is too, like so much is accessible to us today that we're just so more inclined to like, oh, I can work five jobs and like run a podcast and teach yoga classes and do all these things because it feels like it's all beneath our fingertips and we can be on technology 24 seven and get all these things done, but we don't realize the impact it has on our lives. And we feel this sort of sense of worthiness and being productive. And everyone's always about like productivity hacks and like getting more done in a day that we've been conditioned to want to do more and like fit more in our days and put more out there in the world than even if it comes from this space of wanting to help people or wanting to create impact and create in the world. I think too often we can get carried away in that. And then, like you said, self-care will need to be on the to-do list or everything becomes just like a to-do list item because we've overscheduled ourselves and there is no time and space to be in more of that feminine energy of flow or taking care of ourselves or not living by our to-do lists. 
I mean, I feel like when we really think about this, and I like that you mentioned technology and just where we are currently, because I think even if we were to go back uh, before cell phones, right? Like I was alive before cell phones. I was a child, you know, I got my first cell phone at like 13, but there was this freedom of like, if you go outside, they can't find you. You know what I mean? Like if you're in your backyard and you don't hear the phone ring, like, you can just be with yourself, right? And we don't mm -hmm. really have that anymore. So our spaces of rest, I think, are are diminishing. They're disappearing. We no longer have <clears throat> spaces where we're not impacted by a strong electromagnetic field of radiation from cell towers and from digital devices. Our homes are full of electronics. We don't and we don't have the spaces and we don't we don't have the time right because we mm -hmm. feel like in constantly being triggered and bombarded by other people's product you know experiences of productivity it 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 activates either that like fomo or that feeling of like i'm falling behind when the reality is and not enough of us are discovering this for ourselves because it we're too afraid to do it but like we actually are more productive and more well when we have times for conscious rest and when we're not we're not doing anything like we're actually just being and so <clears throat> i think that you know this is something that i have it's a lesson that i keep learning over and over in my business because i keep forgetting and then <clears throat> i add more stuff to my plate until i get to that point where I'm like literally spinning in circles and I'm so, so scattered and frazzled and stressed out and crying and like feel like there's something wrong with me when the, the truth is that we're meant to have rest. And as women, we're meant to have community. Like, and I'm going to throw mm. it back, you know, a thousand years or 2000 years or probably even a couple hundred when we were living in communities that were not industrialized. So we didn't have mass production of goods and we did have small scale farming and you needed to know your neighbors and know your village so you could survive <laughs> because they had beans and you didn't have any beans, you know what I mean? And you needed to yeah. trade some of your wool for some freaking beans so that you could eat because you can't eat wool. And like it built, it's a structure, a fabric of society where we had connection where we had um to take a walk outside of our house and go down to our neighbor's house and get whatever we needed where we had a, a village right and i was reading this article yesterday about burnout in moms specifically and it was saying like there is no pedicure that's going to heal the lack of a village after you have a child mm. you know there is no glass of wine that is going to take away the existential dread around raising children in our current culture and the state, the health of our planet. Right. Yeah. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, this is deeply true. And I'm speaking to this because of how much emphasis you put on community within I am well. And the fact that we're, when we say community, we're talking about analog community here. Savia is talking about actually getting real people in real life together in a real place <laughs> where they can, be together and it's important on so many levels and one is just literally like 
mirror neurons. Like we need to sit face to face in front of other people and have affirmation of the fact that like we're human, right? Like mm-hmm. the increase in digital devices and technology, people are people's intuition is dramatically decreasing because we're not training it with those use of mirror neurons to look at somebody and read micro expressions and figure out are they safe or what's the emotional dynamic and all of that. And that's that's a huge issue. Um, and then on top of that, like, you know, you talked about healing in community. Healing does not happen in isolation. So you are healing from, you know, anxiety, burnout, maybe adrenal fatigue, but we're all healing from something. Like we're all healing from literally just living in this world. Or if, if hopefully we're healing, hopefully we're not just like on the path of continual harming. But in order to do that, like we do need to be supported by other humans um, because it's affirming. Like it's affirming that like, yep, there might be a lot of things that are messed up in your life right now or challenging. And you know, you're not alone. Like you're not the only one that's going through that. Um, so I asked you, you know, why do we take on so much? What are we trying to prove? What are we trying to earn? And you said something about worthiness. And I think that's really important because in a society like ours, we pretty much measure your worth by your productivity, whether it's how successful you are in your job, how much money you earn, how busy you are. Like we wear busy, like a merit badge, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm super busy. Like it's, you know, and it's like something that we're weirdly proud of instead of recognizing that like that's an issue (laughs) or like could be a big issue. Um, so when, like when you're helping people with this, like, are there any actionable tools or little golden nuggets that you can share of like, if someone's self-identifying and they're like, I'm in this burnout right now. And I literally have no idea how to get out of it. And don't you dare tell me to quit my job because I can't quit my job because I got mouths to feed. What can we do? like real stuff. (gasps) I love that. Yeah. And that was sort of the genesis of I'm well community is giving women these tangible tools and tips. But I wanted to actually take it back to when you were talking about how you had even recognized your own patterns of like being busy and like getting into this place where you're just like spinning in circles and feeling like you're not enough. And I feel like even I'm there someone, every other month. <laughs> yeah. I was literally going to be like, as someone who's a wellness instructor, I have hit that wall like one too many times this year. And I think part of the healing is just sharing it because at least for me, if I don't share it, then I sort of start to internalize that and feel guilty or like something's wrong for me for not being this like perfect person because I support others in their well-being. And I think it can be vulnerable to share with other people, whether it's close friends or family or partner or a community of supportive women, like I'm going through this and I feel exhausted or I am overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I think just opening yourself up to that space of being vulnerable and actually acknowledging where you're at instead of buying into the stories of like, oh no, like I'm fine. You know, everyone's this busy. It's 
fine that I have no time to take care of myself, but like actually being willing to sit in the truth of what you're experiencing and reaching out to other people and being open to them, supporting you in whatever way they can, I think is a really important first step. Um, because like you said, and like I mentioned before, I feel like it's really hard to try to heal and like do all of this work on your own. And so even if you don't have like a huge giant community of support, even if it's just like one other person, I think having someone that can hold you accountable, that can listen to you um, is a really important first step in like starting to make those changes and starting to heal. And then after sort of like acknowledging it and sharing it, I think making time and space to be with yourself and be still and be silent is really important. And I know I really hated hearing that when I was in this space of burnout because I'd gotten into such a rut of like being busy that I was actually really scared to sit with myself and sit with all my thoughts and come face to face with where my life was currently. And so again, I think that's where that support is important um, because it can feel uncomfortable and unnatural if you're somebody who's always on, always doing things to find that space for stillness. And it doesn't have to be an hour of meditation or even half an hour of meditation. It could be a walk in nature where you leave your phone at home. It that's could what I was be, gonna say, like baby yeah. steps, like literally just go outside without your phone for 10 to 15 minutes a day because- it sounds like such a small thing, but we just fill the space space with like grinding on the phone. You know what I mean? Your thumb just starts scrolling and like, yeah, sitting in meditation for an hour might be like, there's no freaking way I'm going to do that. But like, just put your yeah. phone down and go outside for 10 minutes. What else? I think along with that, spending time in nature, like actually having your body touch physical nature, grounding is really helpful. So even if you live in a city, finding a park where you can like walk in the grass or walking along the beach and just having your body reconnect to nature, or if you're in a building, opening a window and getting some fresh air. Because so I think our bodies are so, again, with technology disconnected from nature and the more we're actually in nature, the more our body can sort of tune into our natural cycles and you know vitamin d helps set our body up so we know when we need to be awake and when we need to be asleep and helps regulate our hormones and so if we're always getting that blue light from a screen or always indoors it's really hard for our bodies to work the way they're supposed to because we're just so out of touch from the environment that we were sort of created in and so um along with taking that time for stillness or silence and time in nature, I think writing can be also a very therapeutic tool. So journaling, um, you could do like stream of conscious journaling of just writing. Um, you can pick up like a gratitude journal that already has the prompts written out for you. But there's something that happens when you put pen to paper and you're able to just reflect or even read back on what you're going through and what you want to create. And it can be a really cool tool for starting to tap into that intuitive voice. Um, like you were saying, that's drowned out easily because 
we're so overwhelmed and inundated by noise today. And it can feel overwhelming when you're like, oh, my intuition, it sounds like this big thing that you have to like sit all day in meditation or like Mm -hmm. own crystals to connect to. And it's like, no, you could connect your intuition journaling. You could connect your intuition hearing birds outside in nature. It doesn't have to be this monumental thing but I think the more that we take time to reflect to get still and silent to get reconnected to nature then we can actually start tuning into that voice within even if it's just a tiny whisper that is connected to something bigger than us and that is maybe trying to steer us in a different direction or um, that is just like speaking to us of like who we are in this world and how we want to be, even if it's not a direct reflection of where we currently are, but just listening and seeing what's there when we are away from all the noise. Mm-hmm. And I think getting away from that noise and, you know, you mentioned that <clears throat> when you were leaving Hollywood during that short little sabbatical, you went on your first wellness retreat. And I would say myself as well, every big pivot in my life, has pretty much been supported by a retreat and not even necessarily like a retreat where I paid somebody to go to it, but a retreat to a place of solitude or to a place of intentional community that's different from my normal life where I can shift my perspective and see things more clearly and reconnect to my purpose. And like, that's what you're talking about, right? It's like getting away from the mind chatter of your normal life so that you can listen to the whispers of your spirit and you can get more clarity on where you're supposed to go. And that really is the entire inspiration and impetus behind our Morocco retreat. Um, So I I think this is a great time to talk about that. So next May, May 2020, um, Sophia, the I Am Wall community and myself are going to be facilitating um, a retreat in Marrakesh in Morocco. And it's the purpose of the event is to help Uh, women reconnect to their purpose, help people reconnect to their purpose. Um, So Morocco is a place that's near and dear to your heart. Your family background, uh, your dad's Moroccan, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is somewhere you've been multiple times throughout life. Like you said, you used to um, do some business from there. So what is special to you about Morocco and why do you think that that is a great place to go for this reconnect to our purpose retreat? Yeah, I love that question. So other than just having like grown up spending a lot of time in Morocco, which I feel like is a very community driven space, like everyone there is very connected to their neighbors and their friends. And it's a very like welcoming place where even if you're just a tourist, you kind of like get invited into people's homes and feel like you're a part of their community. Um, I think there's just something beautiful about that it's a space and a place where the pace of life is a lot slower and there's this space to breathe, to take time to rest. People there really prioritize like nourishing your body, like spending meals in community, spending time out in nature. And I think just being in that type environment or culture where you're in a place that supports that pace and style of living it sort of gives yourself permission to rest a little and to tune into that natural 
space of having times to connect with others and having times to retreat to yourself and rest and taking time to slow down and not feeling guilty for not being productive, but just really seeing what is available to you when you're able to slow down and tap into that voice within and particularly Marrakesh, which is the city that the retreat will be in, is just such a diverse and colorful and culturally rich and vibrant city that I'm really excited to bring people there and show them about it. Because I feel like sometimes when we're in that day-to-day busy living, we can feel very uninspired and it can be hard to connect to our purpose when everything we do is so automatic. And so I think sometimes putting yourself outside of your comfort zone or just in another space where you can be inspired or something might spark your creativity is a great way to get connected back to your purpose. And I was on a trip in Morocco when I had this idea for my first passion project of supporting artisans and creating a platform for their goods. And I think it was just being outside of the hustle culture of LA and walking around and smelling all the different spices and flavors and being in a place where, you know, I could put my phone away and just be present and have conversations with complete strangers that really sparked something in me. And so I just want to bring that same experience to other women where they're in an environment where they can rest. We're going to be at a beautiful retreat space and they're going to be able to take time to delve within, to get in touch with their intuition, to take care of their body, to move, to explore. And I think all of these different components um, along with being in community and having that space held for them will really help them tap in if they're feeling lost, if they're feeling disconnected, or just feeling that lack of self-care and self-support that they'll be able to gain some insight in their time there. Yeah, so this was divinely appointed for me, you guys, after I led my last big international retreat in Tulum, somebody asked me while we were driving uh, from a sup yoga class they said so what's next where do you want to go next for an international retreat and i said um i said morocco i said greece or morocco i said but you know it'll probably end up being greece because i don't know anyone in morocco and it's really important for me to have a local contact because it really just helps you feel safe it helps you access a culture it helps you see things in a way that's not just through a tourist lens so you know if it's meant to be someone from morocco will like land in my lap and otherwise you know it'll all go somewhere else and it was two or three weeks later that you and i were talking and you were like so i want to run this retreat in morocco and i was like i volunteer <laughs> like if you need a helper like sign me up i'll be your guest teacher um and it just worked out really beautifully and for me like i love that you talked a little bit about being in the marketplace and having really the sensory awareness expand because I'm super excited about sharing um, the healing and activation that's come around the divine feminine or the sacred feminine. And even if that's like unfamiliar to you, um, it's really just this process of being, getting back in your body, right? So Mm -hmm. the practice of embodiment, the practice of radical presence and, and the practice of attuning to pleasure. And that happens by allowing your senses to expand 
with a lens of appreciation. So it's really just about being present with what's around you and noticing what's beautiful and right in the moment. And I can visualize it. Like I can see us in the marketplace with all of these beautiful, colorful textiles and the different sounds and the different smells and like just being willing to be in a different place than you normally are and be willing to notice and appreciate everything that's beautiful and unique and different about that. And then, you know, you are an incredible meditation teacher. So for those who are interested in really exploring more um, meditation practice, Sophia is going to be teaching meditation. I'll also be teaching Kundalini yoga, Hatha yoga, meditation, breath work. So, I mean, really some powerful healing modalities that can absolutely dramatically shift where you are in your life by just changing your perspective. Um, and we're going to spoil you too. So they we're going to do the hammam, which is the Moroccan um, spa day. The food looks absolutely insane. And you know, this is shallow you guys, but this is probably one of the most Instagram worthy retreat centers that I've ever <laughs> facilitated at. So like, if you want some beautiful photos, like it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> be incredible um so we'll share some information about that retreat in the show notes go check it out we would love for you to come there are payment plans um and it's going to be life-changing so you know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to safely travel to a place that you might otherwise never go um and i know morocco is like super bucket list for a lot of people so i'm super super excited to share that um so there's so much more that I want to talk to you about, but I know we have to wrap. So I think for today, I just want to ask you, um, what, uh, what has you totally stoked in life right now? What are five things that are just like lighting you up? You can share with us a favorite book that you're reading for the book club, or just like, what are some things that are really making you feel just stoked in your life right now? I love that question. Um, definitely have to say the Marrakesh retreat. Like you said, it's going to be a really cool experience. And so I'm really excited to bring that to other women. And then along with that, I'm working on starting my own podcast. So I'm really excited to just create more content that's inspiring. And after listening to your podcast with Linda and other wellness podcasts, I feel like there's so much value that you can create on this platform so i'm really excited for that and then just in my own personal life spending more time meditating as i get ready for a 300 hour meditation training i'm really excited about that um also nervous because it's just so much time to be spending in stillness and silence (laughs) like oh man gonna come out like transformed yeah um but I'm really excited for that. And then a book I've been reading, there are two books because I, I love to read, um, but there's The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, which is like about shadow work and sort of mm. looking at those aspects of yourself that you've hidden or that you don't feel comfortable presenting to the world and really embracing them. Mm. Um, and that's work that I've started to delve into and I'm really interested in. And then I recently got gifted Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. And it was so funny because I actually bought the book when I was working in production. And for some reason, like I never actually followed through and read it. And then I got it 
about a month ago and I was like, oh, I feel like this is a sign that I need to actually read this book. (laughs) And I started reading it and it's just, yeah, really amazing of like that reminder to surrender, to be in that state of giving and receiving love. And I think just coming from that perspective, I can see already has shifted a lot of things in my personal relationships and my relationship to my business. So yeah, I'm excited to finish reading both those books. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. We'll put links to Dark Side of the Light Chasers and the Universe Has Your Back in the show notes. So if you guys want to go scoop them up on Amazon, they are there for you. Um, And then if you had to leave our our listening community today with um, the most powerful piece of advice that you've been given or just that you want to share with them and bless them with what, uh, what words of wisdom have really, uh, impacted your life? I'd love to actually share with them something that you had told me recently, which was if you're starting something new, you're not going to feel confident. And so it's okay to feel the fear and to feel the self-doubt and to just decide that you're going to do it anyways, because I think so many of us feel the fear or feel like we're not sure if we're worthy of our dreams and all these things and just giving ourselves permission to feel that way, but to still take the action anyways is what leads to building that confidence. And so, yeah, I just want to share that with your listeners because it really made an impact when you shared that with me. And I want everyone to feel like no matter how much self-doubt or self-fear they're feeling that it is possible for them to go out there and create impact in the world. Thank you so much. Courage before confidence, you guys. You've got to be brave to just get out there and do it because that's the only way you're going to get confident is by trying and maybe stumbling and maybe soaring and you just aren't going to know until you try. So um, Sophia, I know they've fallen in love with you. Where is the best place to connect with you online? How can they find out more about the retreat and where can they find you on social? Yeah, I can't wait to connect with everyone. The website is IamWellCommunity.com and that's where I have information on the retreats and all the events and everything. And then on Instagram, which is social media platform that I'm most active on, uh, my account is I am well by Safia, and my name is spelled S A F I Y A. And yeah, those are the two places they can find me. Cool. So go connect with her on Instagram, you guys. She shares super inspirational content. She's also brilliant. Um, at design. So if you ever are looking for consulting on branding or event design, Sophia is a total badass. She inspires me daily to level up my branding game. She's also a beautiful writer and you can uh, check out her blog and go make friends and then come with us to Morocco. It's going to be a life changer. We would love to have you there. So Sophia, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your gifts with the totally stoked community. Um, I'm just totally stoked to be your friend. Thank you. You too. I'm so glad we connected and I'm so excited to share this journey with you and to be leading in Morocco with you. It's going to be magical. So much goodness to come. You guys, until next time, stay stoked and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. 
If you love this episode, if it impacted you in some way, please grab a screenshot and share it right now to Instagram stories. Tag Stoked Yogi, hashtag Totally Stoked Podcast. Each week, we'll grab one listener who shared and send you some Stoked Yogi swag. Also, if you love the show, please subscribe, share it with a friend, or head over to iTunes right now and leave us an honest review. Your support and feedback make this show possible. If you have ideas about how we can improve, please send them to podcast at stokedyogi.com. Until next time, you guys, keep showing up, loving people, telling the truth, and remember, keep living your life totally stoked.